Uh, it's scared me. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, the God, Guns, and Family podcast with me, Mike, and Nate. Hello, Nate. Yes, sir. So as promised, um, we decided to do this, and I got a subject matter expert on the Bible, if you will. I mean... <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so we're just going to go on. We have a, a little agenda set up so we can kind of stay moving forward with the whole thing. Uh, we're going to do probably like a 20-minute section, take a break, get a start over the Zoom recording, and then that way we'll have two sections. And then during the break, we'll probably put like a little music thingy or whatevs, whatevers. <laughs> we, we, whatevers. Make, we make it happen. Yeah. So, Cool. All right. So the main kind of purpose of the podcast um, is trying to get people to relate to a situation where um, they may not feel as, I don't know, like Christian-ish, I something like that, uh, for people who are trying to get closer to uh, Christianity, be closer to Jesus, try to, you know, do what they can to, you know, do that whatever that is, right? <laughs> Pursuing Jesus, trying to pursue, you know, what, like, how would you describe it? Like, you know, it's really just the realization that we in ourselves need more in the pursuit as men and women, right? To uh, become more like Jesus on a daily basis, which is all the things, you know, sometimes we convolute and over, you know, overcompensate, you know, compensate for some things and complicate it yeah. really is just being, you know, the pursuit of being slightly different than the day before to be more like Jesus. So the simplicity of that is what this whole thing's about is just having two real people walk in the same path that people are walking and all the imperfections that that is in, in itself, right? We're just two imperfect dudes in pursuit of the one perfect being who's Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing too, for a lot of people is, um, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to be as much like Jesus as possible, <clears throat> but ultimately everyone's going to fall short. Um, and I think that's yep. an important thing for a lot of people to understand. And that's like what you tell me regularly when I bring stuff up and you're like, dude, it's not, you're not going to do it. It's just the, the pursuit of it. It's the yep. making the constant attempt to, Try to make yourself better. Yep. Like I think that's kind of the gist. I mean, of the it, whole thing. I mean, it, the whole thing is is realizing your aim is for per perfection. It's absolutely unattainable on this side of heaven, but the heart and intent behind it is the pursuit of that. So, yeah, dude, we're gonna mess up. We're gonna fall on our face. But the difference between someone in pursuit is not someone who's gonna fall on their face and stay down. Really is. Um, it's, that's the difference. And, and when we fall on our face, we're going to hit the ground. We're going to get ourselves back up. We're going to dust our shoulders off and we're going to keep on pursuing, um, being different in the face of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess one of the things that comes up a lot is, um, you know, like sinning, right? Like I can't figure out how to not sin. And the way that certain things are interpreted, it's like, okay, well, and then one thing like that me and you have talked about, is like, okay, 
there's a, you know, a beautiful woman, right? And you're like, because in the Bible, it says, if you, I can't know, I don't know exactly like what the verbiage says, but it's something like, if you lust in your mind, you've already committed adultery, basically, this, yep. in a nutshell, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I, that you've told me, and this was months ago, um, specifically about that, it's like, hey, man, like, I'm at the gym and there's a woman that walks in, she's wearing like super tight leggings and all that stuff. And like, you're like, Oh, and you know, you like glance and you're like, Oh geez. And then like kind of look away. Right. And I think, I think exactly what you said that comes to my mind is the first glance is you uh, appreciating God's work. Yeah. And then the second glance is on you. Yep. Right, I think that's like exactly what that's, you said. Yeah, yes, yeah, pretty much word for word. So the first, the first glance is is on God. The second one's on you. Yeah, and that was a a, a pastor at a men's conference one time that was kind okay. of talking about the same sort of subject, and really that's like stuck with me because as yeah. God's creatures, like I mean, even this goes for men and women. The first glance, you're like, okay, time out. This is, you know, God's amazing handiwork. But then that what where it's a little bit different from male to female is the men's brain tends to default to that lustful second glance right. and runs that gamut in the in the mind. We're not saying that women are exempt to that, but as a male species, God's wired us a certain way. So the first glance really is on God. The second one, that is all up to how that's on you. How, whatever right. comes from that second glance, that is falls right on your shoulders. Right. And then, you know, I mean, it's just the way that we're programmed. So ultimately you just have to like, you know, repent and kind of like make a, make an act- active attempt to like not do it. Right. Yep. So like, if I'm just like looking and looking and looking, then it's like, all right, dude, like figure it out because yep. something's not there. So at that point, right. It's like, all right. Then we're looking at what is it? I, I might be wrong. It's like Ephesians. I mean, yeah. so essentially, like at that point, I mean, for me, the I don't necessarily know exactly what scripture that pertains to that, like, you know, uh, the address wise, but <laughs> for me and how I've been in like just this, it really starts the clock of repentance, right? Like, yeah, dude, you mess up. Really, it begins this clock of self-evaluation of, okay, what is this inside of me mm-hmm. that obviously isn't in line with the word that right. like starts in my head, the, you know, the, the, the repentance of, you know, Hey, Lord, I repent for my lustful eyes. Hey, I repent for where my mind is going. And I feel like the whole gist of this thing, yes, is being, first of all, being aware of what's happening in your mind, right. um, and all always auditing what's happening in in the the supercomputer of your brain, but really is is going back to staying your the list of repentance is is always running for me, and I try to do that every day. Like you know, hey, I messed up here. Hey, I, I overanalyzed here, or my eyes wandered there. Whatever it is, yeah. it's an ongoing list of repentance, which keeps my mind focused on first and foremost Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's what this whole thing's about is honoring right. Christ with our mind. And this mind is a tricky thing because it can, it, you know, you begin 
this thought, these thought patterns, which become neural pathways, which become actions, which become, it's like, it all starts inside the brain. So for me, it's always this continual repentance that happens. And I feel, I mean, as a man, I feel like generally that's a great place to start with how you're thinking about what's going on around you, whether it's lustful, whether you're, you're quick to be angry, whether you're, you know, you use your tongue to lash out at people. Like there's everybody has something like even Paul was talking about a thorn in his side. You know, it's like those, that thing that keeps you grounded and realize, Hey dude, no matter how far I've pursued this thing, I still have work to do because we, we, we haven't gone on to the eternal side of, of life yet. We're still stuck in these fleshly bodies, which are always innately sinful by nature. So I feel like the list of repentance and the, the habitual repentance is what we need to, as, as men and women get, get familiar with is always, always, always being repentant because there's something that we're going to do. That's not honoring to God. That's straying from the word. That's, I mean, that's just is what it is. That's what's this, this, this meat suit that we wear. That's what is inside of us is wickedness innately. So. Yeah. And, um, one of the th- one of the things that like I told you like I was listening to Granger Smith podcast and that kind of like yes, is kind of what got it not got it got it that's I, a great word though is that a we're verb? gonna make it our- that's a, it it's a verb it is it, now <laughs> it's what godded me it godded me like it was godded me um, because basically like what happens is in, on his podcast I don't know if you heard it um, people send in questions he answers them and then pretty much every answer he's referring to um like something biblical right something mm-hmm. something in scripture that basically kind of answers the question for mm-hmm. whoever's asking the question right um and one of the uh, he has a coffee mug that says wretched sinner like and then he talks about it all the time he's like nobody's going to be perfect nobody is going to be like you know um like perfect nobody's gonna be perfect nobody's gonna not sin ever except for jesus and that's the -hmm. reason why he was crucified that's why he came that's the whole purpose yeah you know so i think like a lot of people don't really understand that um and one of the things i think it's in matthew um and like where jesus it's the sermon on the mount where he's talking about like um i I don't know if this is right but where he's basically talking about Um, praying out loud in public and going behind your door and praying something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's something along those lines, which the way that I interpret that is like, um, like if you're, if you're trying to like be super visible with your Christianity and trying to be like, Oh man, no, you gotta, you gotta repent, bro. Like you, you're not, you're not, I don't do that stuff. Like I don't yeah. have to repent. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because like I go to church and I follow Jesus and all this other stuff, but like that in itself goes against what Jesus said Yeah, where he's like, dude, he didn't say dude, obviously, but he goes, I, mean, I think he would though. <laughs> he, if it was today, he would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he's like basically saying you, you know, don't, um, can't remember what, but yeah, something like that. And yeah. just like, um, like the don't the left hand don't let your right hand see what's happening or something like that yeah dude i mean he he even goes to say yeah yeah dude he goes to say like (laughs) you know if you're doing this outwardly but on the inside you're you're 
you're prideful and your your right. wickedness. I mean, he's essentially calling you a whitewashed tomb. Like you look good on the outside, but you're a tomb. Your intentions are dirty, right? Yes. Like I'm trying to like portray this like perfect yep. Christian, but in the inside. Yep the reason why I'm doing it is to portray a perfect Christian. It's not like to get some sort of clout and respect as this holy dude, which really, I mean, you you boil it all down is pride, right? So the pride comes before the fall, but even look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I flog myself and I'm, I sacrifice this and I pray this many times a day and I do this, but really it's to puff up pride. It comes down to the same thing that, that Satan was expelled out of heaven for was, I feel like I can be on the same level as God. I have made myself God, which is really what that is, is that you can walk around with some sort of, you know, big chip on your shoulder, some big old bag of Doritos at church. And, you know, every, oh, look at this guy. He's so, he's so repentant. He's so holy. He's so set yeah. apart. He's whatever. But really on the inside, you're right back at square one. And if at any point in this whole thing, you think you've attained anything, I would check yourself before God has to humble you because there you go. Pride comes before a fall, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, so what we did for anyone who's listening. So just for anyone who doesn't know, um, this podcast used to be Patriot defense radio. It was a different subject matter. Those podcasts are still on iTunes before December of 2022. You can listen to those if you want to. There's a completely different tone. Um, I'm doing my very best to not cuss as much. <laughs> it's it's difficult, right? It's like ingrained into my system from being in the military. So um, if I drop one on here, I'll try to edit it out. But, you know, <laughs> like we mentioned before, we're two sinners and that's just kind of what happens, right? So, um, all right. So we made an agenda. Um, for today, right? It's the business guy in me um, for meetings and stuff. So the the first thing that we mentioned on here was like the reason for pursuing Jesus. Um, uh, the reason, at least for me, um, is like I realized that I was haphazardly doing it um, and listening to like the Granger Smith podcast, the Take and Read podcast by Chaster chaster pad no it's pastor chad <laughs> right um they're friends and listening to those two podcasts kind of like brought me back into it and um we have a new church that was just built it's literally like not even a mile away it's a new campus it's not a new church yeah and um i was like thinking that it was a community college because it's ecc right so it's eagle christian <laughs> church and i'm like okay eagle community college all right so and then i saw the sign and it opened up my eyes and yeah, it's a song, Ace of Base. <laughs> and so I decided like, okay, well, when this church opens, I'm going to go. Um, I think they opened up in August and then we started going in October. And um, during this whole time, you know, I was traveling for work and listening to the Granger Smith podcast. And it basically kind of tuned me into where I should be. Um, so then I started asking you questions about like where to start reading the Bible and stuff like that. So I think so far um, in October, since October, actually, I've gotten through John, Matthew, Mark, uh, James. uh, We did Ruth in church, which is super short. Um, And then now I'm like 
three quarters of the way through Revelations, which is not yep. like the funnest one to go through. But yeah, it's not an easy read. It it like kind of like puts it in perspective. And I, I have uh, an author that I listen to as far as like books go, because I listen to audiobooks all the time. And this one author, Mark Goodwin, is a Christian author, and he has a series or two series that are kind of conjoined. The one is Book of Noah, um, which is at the beginning of the rapture. Um, Noah is like a really church going dude um, and him and his family and his kid are, you know, brought back to heaven. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> during this time, there are people who are on the fence about their Christianity and stuff like that. And then once everyone leaves, they're like, boom, like, okay, this is for real. Mm-hmm. So I think the kind of concept that brings it to me is like, even when that happens, even when it starts to happen, like God's still giving you away, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing. Yeah. So what about, I mean, I, I know you've been in church for a while, so. Is, so, you know, so for the book of revelation, man, I feel like that's a heavily, I don't want to say argued over, but like debated between whatever, you know, religious group you associate yourself with, whatever denomination, which that's a whole nother subject on a whole nother day denominations. But at the end of the day, it it's a promise of glory, right? Yeah. So however you dissect the book of Revelation, it's God's promise to you that you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Sure, it also outlines a pretty pretty detailed outline of what happens if you don't. Yeah. Um, there's a ton <laughs> of of stuff in there that uh whether it's pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture. At the end of the day, um, there's this uh, a pastor that I heard years and years and years ago. Essentially, he was saying, you can argue about that all day long, about when you think God is going to take up the church, whether it's in the before it happens, in the middle of it, or after it, the, the tribulation, the hard part of life that's going to happen, that's outlined in Revelation. At the end of the day, Arguing about it isn't going to solve anything or does not take away from the mission God's called you to now, which is go therefore into the world and make disciples of all nations, right? Our mission's clear. Bring what we have to the lost people who are literally breathing to death. And at the end of the day, we're going to inherit the promise. Like we're going to get glorified bodies. We're going to inherit the inheritance that Jesus has set before us, that he's gone into the heaven to create and make a way for that. You know, so revelation to me, yes, if you're reading, it can look pretty scary at first. You're like, Whoa, this is a side of what is going on here. But for me, it's, it really is um, God outlining a promise, man. Like there's going to be some cleaning of the house that happens and if you know your heart is repentant your it doesn't it shouldn't be scary to you right you know so it really is god outlining the promise that he's got out for us man so revelation though is a deep book and you can read it and reread it and study it and study it for the next 20 years and you're still going to be like whoa what yeah. <laughs> what is going on how yeah. like how does this fall in line so you know, at first when I was, when I was first saved, it was really like, I read a revelation and it was like, kind of like froze me in my tracks. Like, okay. I was like, you know, so fear, fearful of God, like not in a bad way, but like, Lord, I don't want to miss this boat. Like, man, like 
I don't, I'm, I was like, I don't want to miss this. Where do I go from here? It was almost like froze me for a second, but um, I just really come back down to the realization that we're heirs to the, to the kingdom. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. That's what his, his, the death on the cross did, you know, it tore the veil. It made a way for us to, to enter into heaven blameless and, ju- and justified and righteous, you know, through the blood of Jesus. So, you know, revelation is a trip and it is, uh, can be heavy at times, but at the end of the day, your heart sold yeah. out for Jesus. You love Jesus. And it's just another step in the process to get to where we need to be. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, for, for anyone who's curious about the book I'm talking about, it's the, the book of Elijah or sorry, the book of Noah is the first part of the series. And then it kind of goes into a second part of the series, which is the book of Elijah. So I think it's like total eight books. Um, The author is Mark Goodwin. It's on audiobook. It's narrated by Kevin Pierce, who's one of my favorite narrators. Um, It just makes it really easy to listen to and understand. And they talk about revelations throughout the entire thing. In between each chapter, he says there's a Bible verse. And, you know, sometimes there's a quote usually from C.S. Lewis. um, He's a spiritual gangster, by the way. Who apparently is like some legitimate uh like uh biblical Mm -hmm. i don't know like how you would describe them but a lot of people refer to his writings and stuff like that when they're talking about interpretations of certain things and stuff like that so but a lot of stuff like that i've noticed is like in the bible not a lot needs to be interpreted like it's it's not okay i say that with a grain of salt right like there's a lot of stuff that you're like what does this even mean but there are certain things where you're like okay that makes sense pretty much. Like I don't have to, you know, ponder for a long time to kind of understand what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's really, yeah, what's really cool with the, with the word too, is it meets you where you're at, at whatever stage of faith you're in. Mm-hmm. So like brand new dude, there's like nuggets of, I mean, look at the book of Proverbs, man. It teaches you how to be a good person, how to conduct business correctly, how to, to operate with wisdom, to treat people with honor and respect. Like the book of Proverbs is practical on the ground level. Here's how you be a Christian. But then you go into, you know, you get a little more milk in your system and you're ready for, you know, the next step. And you want to go a little bit deeper, dude, you could spend the rest of your life tearing apart the historical context, the, and how that ties into how this plays out in, uh, spiritually and how they're interwoven. I mean, you can get down to studying the original text in the original language. Like, I mean, bro, it's the, the vastness of the word is amazing, but also yeah. on the other side of that, the simplicity of who Jesus is and who, you know, who he says he is and how the word plays out in your life. It's simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this crazy dichotomy of so vastly huge. And so, I mean, he, look at who he's talking to. He's talking to dudes like me and you. I'm yep. the stubborn mule you have to beat over the head with a two by four to plow the field. Like I'm thick headed and I'm a punk and I can and I can be a jacked up dude, but it's simple enough for me to understand because I'm not a genius. I'm not a theologian, you know, it's right. just awesome. Yeah. Most deaf, sir. Most deaf. All right. So we're at like 20 something minutes. So let's, we'll do the break and then... We'll kick it back up. Let's do it. All right.
Or is a local Phoenix, Arizona family business that offers three services. Be Organized is our personal organization service. We will organize and declutter projects in your home or offices. Be Hauled is our junk and debris removal services. We haul away unwanted junk, yard debris, and furniture. And Be Restored Designs is our furniture restoring service. We restore and customize your older wooden pieces, breathing life back into them. We would love to give you a helping hand. For more information or to get a free quote, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Links will be included in the description below. Or you can shoot us an email at just.b.ohr516 at gmail.com. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to try to get back on track with what we were talking about um, with, uh, you know, walking, pursuing Jesus, um, that kind of thing. Um, I think one of the not necessarily super important things, but th- something that I feel like we should be talking about also is because we're both married. So it's not like it's a, it's a little bit different for us than it is for like individuals who are not in a relationship, um, for example someone who is a single dad. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but they're going to know who it is as soon as I finish this sentence. <laughs> um, and uh, who's a single dad and is pursuing Jesus also. And um, he's, he's doing really well so far. He started doing um, this 90 day plan. Um, he, he and I were both raised Catholic Um I kind of stepped away from Catholic church just because it's a little too ritualistic for me. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I may be completely wrong, but the, this Catholic church, I think we talked about this. They believe in works for salvation. It's kind of tied into it. You know, kind in of, a roundabout, right? Not in a roundabout. They're not going to come out and say that, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's tied around. Right. And then, um, as far as I, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a theologian or a Bible expert by any means, but you're far more well-versed in it than I am, but there's nothing that specifically says that. I know that there's one thing that says, um, I can't remember exactly what it says. I know it basically says you, you have grace, um, salvation through, uh, believing in Jesus and, and something like that and then there's another part that says something specifically about like something about on grace alone without works i can't remember exactly what it is but it's not necessarily talking about like you have to do 17 good deeds a month in order to be south in order to get salvation it's more along the lines of you have to practice what you preach kind of thing right like if you're going to church and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a good Christian and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Um, but like when you're out in public and you're like flipping people the bird and all this other stuff. Yeah. And you know, like if you say, oh yeah, I'm, I believe in Jesus, this is what I'm going to do, but you're not like actively pursuing being a better person and being, trying to be more like Jesus. Nobody's going to be there. Like we mentioned before, but if you're not like actively trying to do something to better yourself and change, then it doesn't mean anything. I think that's yeah. kind of, that's how I interpreted it anyway. Just, I don't yeah, know exactly so, what it is. Yeah. You know, it basically says <clears throat> salvation comes through grace alone, but then later on it says, you know, um, grace without works is dead. Right. So it, it, 
if you are just like looking at it through like the lens of two different things, it sounds, um, it sounds like it's, uh, they're refuting one each one, one right. each scripture is refuting each other. But really what it's saying is the gift of salvation is through grace alone. There's nothing you can do on this planet to earn your way into heaven. You know, that's it. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. And then you try that out though. So you say, okay, Jesus, I give you my heart, mind, body, and soul. I want to live for you. I surrender completely to you. But then that's all you do. And there's not this continual relationship growing with Jesus, which causes your, you know, your, your behaviors to change. Cause really what it is, is you're surrendering your heart, your mind, and your body and your soul to Jesus. Your, tr- the, the thought process begins to change. If yeah. the thought process is changing, what precedes every action is thought. So if your thoughts are changing, then it's going to cause your actions to change and your heart to want to do things differently to change. So if you're not seeing any sort of change in your behavior, not because it's something you have to check off on your your daily, I'm I'm a better Jesus follower checklist. It's like, yeah. no, this, this all comes flowing out of an authentic relationship with Jesus. It's going to cause your, 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 the way you interact with people to change the way you interact with your kids to change the way you interact with the dude at, at circle K and Starbucks. And like the interactions with people are going to begin to look differently because there's been a transformation of who you are internally. So that's what it's talking about. You know, if you say you profess with your mouth that all these things have changed, but your actions aren't changing not saying it's an overnight transformation. If it does, that's awesome. I want to meet you. Um, yeah, no kidding. But it's the continual changing uh, um, from the inside out, which is going to produce the works that the Bible's talking about. So they they work in conjunction together rather than yeah, they're just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Correct. You know what I mean? Like um, me and my buddy Zach that I lived with when I was in the army uh, in North Carolina, we would always be like, all right, uh, this is like our good deed for the month. Right. So like randomly, we, we would see whatever, um, like one example is we saw this dude on a busy road and his car was in the turn lane and like it was broken down and everyone's just like driving around him, driving around him. And he's just like, nobody's helping him. So I was like, dude, we got to help. We got to help him. Like it's, you know, we're neither one of us are decent people by any means. Yeah. But we took the time, you know, go just like, you know, you know, the, the phrase, what would Jesus do is like a, is a, a fat or it used to be in like, I guess it's yeah, coming he, back. Like there's a, yeah, the, the, the bracelets, WWJD bracelets. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, and like in that specific situation, it's like, nobody's helping this person. It's like 95 degrees. It's 80% humidity, which is miserable. Yeah. And he's just sitting there and he can't do anything. So we pull in the parking lot, we push the car in the parking lot. And that's really it. Like it took 10 minutes um, it was like a civic or whatever. And we just got done working out. So we were already sweaty or whatever. And we just push the car into the parking lot and help them out. And then that's really it. Like it's nothing crazy. You know, it doesn't, yep. you don't have to like, and you don't even have to do that on a regular basis. It's just like, you know, um, understanding that you have to live in a better way, right? Mm-hmm. Pursue just trying to be better is, mm-hmm is really what I think it's all about. You know, like I still kind of snap every once in a while and I yell, but like I'm getting to the point where I can recognize it and either dumb it down before it happens or immediately afterwards. I'm like, oh man, like, yeah. And then apologize. 
right? Usually yep. it's like in the car or, you yep. know, my son says something silly or doesn't listen. And I'm like, dude, just do what I'm telling you to do and blah, 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 blah. And then like afterwards, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, yep. you know, or, you know, say it to Jesus. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm working on it. Like, you know, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it. So, yep. um, yeah. And then I think that's just something that people need to understand. So going back to my friend. So if we're talking about like, like we were talking about earlier, as far as like looking at women, what, what do you think would be like a, not necessarily rules, but for him, cause I know he's like, he, he wants to pursue another relationship. Um, but I think what he's doing and kind of what I heard like, from Granger's podcast, um, and I kind of relayed to him was, I know you're trying to find a partner, um, but pursue Jesus and you will likely find someone yeah, while that's I happening. Mean, it, I, one of the coolest little in that hall for singleness, both, you know, for your, for your buddy and for, for women in general is the person who God has for you their heart should be so hidden in Christ that you have to go to Christ to find it. Oh, yeah. um, it this obviously the person like it's a, it's an innate thing to want to be in relationship. Like, I mean, it is, that's just the way God's intended us to be, mm -hmm. but you trying to go out and manufacture these relationships, looking in things, how that best seats your own, you know, mind your own intention, how you want things to be done. Obviously, like we, you're going to need some help. Like you're the, the person that God has for you, like should be so near to Christ that the only way you're going to find them is in your pursuit of Christ. Yeah. You know, it's, it's this weaving together of, of people that only he can do. I mean, I lived a long time in a relationship that I, I manufactured myself because it's what I thought was the right way. Keyword in there is I. Right. And it, you know, it blew up. It wasn't what I was supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until, you know, this full submission of Christ, like, yo, Hey, this is who I'm Christ has called me to be with, you know? And um, obviously my story is a little bit messier than most, but uh, um, you know, straight Jerry Springer style or whatever we'll get into later. But um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, grace is grace though. So for your buddy, I would, I would encourage him. The most important thing for him to be doing is pursuing authentically who Jesus is. And in that pursuit, it's going to put him in a position and places where the, the woman that God's got for him is going to be, that's the only way this thing is going to be lasting. You know, it's not going to be an immediate gratification, which is what this culture forces in us. And, yeah, and exactly. what we feel like, oh, we need a we need this fix now. We need this dopamine fix now. We need this feel good now. We want this relationship now. That's not how God works. It's always been on his time. And it's only through his time is when things are built for lasting, you know, a, a lifelong lasting relationship. So I feel like an encouragement to your buddy is you're not missing anything. You're right. not, uh, you're not going to miss out because guess what? God has your best intention in his heart. And if you're not pursuing his heart to find his best intention for you, you're missing the boat already. So to be patient in the process and to do your best to pursue him on a daily basis, um, is, is the most important thing that's going to be the most rewarding in the long run. And it's, you know, that's where he's going to, you know, that's where God, he's going to be where God, he's going to be in a position for God to give him the desires of his heart. Cause that's what God wants to do is 
he doesn't want to hold out blessings because, you know, he's this like some authoritarian ruler. I mean, God wants the best for his kids, man. So yeah, I would encourage him to, to stay near to the foot of Jesus, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've heard recently is, um, it's, I don't, it's kind of applicable to this, but it's more along the lines of like, um, well, how did it go? I can't remember exactly more like, um, like when you wake up in the morning, like there's nothing that you really need to worry about during the day. Cause God already knows, like God mm-hmm. already knows what's going to happen. Um, and then one of the things that Granger Smith says all the time in his podcast is that the future is none of your business. Yep. You know, like, so if you're, you know, doing what you're supposed to do, like whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen. Yep. You know what I mean? So if your initial like goal is to meet someone, um, like it's, it's going to probably happen. Like as long as you're pursuing Jesus, how you're supposed to kind of thing, Yep. you know? So when you're, you're, I know you're listening you're probably getting ready to sleep because you said you only listen to these before you go to bed. But this is what we're talking about. You full. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So real quick, I just want to put this in there before we forget. Um, we have an email. All right. God guns and family podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions that you want us to address and, um, you know, send us a question like we're neither one of us are experts by any means. Nate is more of an expert than me. We are, um, we are going to be talking about, um, like personal protection stuff, eventually bringing that kind of tied into, yep. um, our role as men to be protectors. Um, yep. you know, we are supposed to be protectors. That's our job. Uh, you know, just, you know, all sexism aside, that's what it says. That's what we're supposed to do. Just deal with it. If you don't like it, it is what it is. Just get over it. <laughs> Cry a river or build a bridge to get over it kind of thing. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So the next thing that we were going to talk about is um, since we decided to pursue Jesus, how did family and friends react? So I think for you, it's probably like, it's been a long time. Like you've been pretty active in the church for quite yep. some time, but for me, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and one of the things that I noticed, especially like with my group of friends, cause I don't have a super huge group is like everyone was like super accepting and like it wasn't there was no like super shock right um it's mm-hmm. i think some things that people may be dealing with is um whoa dude like all of a sudden you're a bible thumper bro like okay yeah you know that's not something that i dealt with uh almost the only real kind of um not necessarily not necessarily a conflict more along the lines of uh like a more in-depth conversation was between me and my buddy that we were just talking about. Um, because like I said, we were both raised Catholic um, and I'm going to a non-denominational church now and he's going to Catholic church. So, mm-hmm. and that's really it. Um, I was baptized Catholic, so it's not, you know, I did my first communion, all that stuff, Catholic. And um I just, you know, for me, I don't really necessarily think that the specific category is necessary, but, mm-hmm. um, it's the, it's the pursuit is what matters, you know? Yep. So, um, in that aspect, that's really the only conflict I'm using finger quotes for anyone not watching. Yep. <laughs> um, it's not, it's not even, it wasn't even really a thing, 
it's just like, oh, well, you know, this is just the difference. He even went to church with us when he was up here. So it wasn't even that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the only real difference, and I told you about this, is like uh, the worship portion at the beginning. So, and I think just because, and like, God forgive me for saying this, it's like they're not professional singers or they're not professional musicians. So yeah. sometimes it's a little like, you know, but, yep. you know, they're trying. It's not, they're not professionals. They're just, you know, they're volunteers. They're, the best pick of the litter, I'm sure, because uh, singing is not something that people can do easily. Um, no, I'm not gifted in that in any way. I'm pretty much yeah. tone deaf. So, yeah, they're they're yeah. way more ahead of me than. Yeah. So and I think that's something, you know, that and I'm we're getting used to it. It's not and I we're singing and stuff like that. Aaron knows all the songs already. So it's not like because <laughs> she listens to like uh, Lauren Daigle and, yep. you know, who, you know, whoever. So it's not something different for her. And she just kind of knows all the words to every song anyways. I don't know how she's like intuitive <laughs> that, in that way, but she just kind of does that. So that's really the only conflict that we've had or that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, for me it was a little bit different, dude. So um, there was, there was quite a bit of conflict. So like for me, I was, you know, strung out for a long time and um I burned a lot of bridges of the people closest to me, dude. So like everyone that was near to me just looked at me as a troublemaker. I was a problem child as, you know, a drug addict and alcoholic. I mean, really like, that's just kind of how everyone viewed me. So when I, um, when I got clean and I, I you know, met Jesus, like it was a total night and day thing. Like one day I was, I was a heathen like middle fingers to the sky. I didn't want anything to do with God. God radically saved my life through a series of overdoses. And then like the next day it was like spiritual warfare. Like it was like this like jarring transition where a lot of people were, yeah, okay, let's whatever, dude, whatever you say, bro. Like, okay, cool. That's, that's your air quote truth. You know, you, you do you, um, and then even like, you know, there's a scripture when Jesus is talking, he's like a prophet has no profit is of no profit in his hometown. It was really what I kind of, um, experienced was, um, I was, I was yeah. messed up. I came back in and my own brother was like, yeah, dude, get whatever, bro. Like, and was really like abrasive. Every time I would mention Jesus or the gospel or anything, he would just shut down and push me away. And it was, it was causing a huge riff in our relationship. And every, it was like a microscope. Every, my whole life was on my, is it was under a microscope for these people. Cause like, they're just waiting for me to mess up. Like, yeah, okay. You say this. And it was just this, you know, intent looking. But you're going to, to mess up. Well, they were just waiting for me to go right back to drugs. Uh-oh. They were waiting for me to go right back to alcohol. They were wait- like, they were just they were just like sitting at the edge of their seat, just like waiting to say, "Oh, a middle, you know, a finger in your face." I like, go, oh, "I told you so." Um, and it wasn't. An- I was clean like you know eight months after that, and I moved to San Diego. And then when I, you know, God removed me from that for a year and some months and then brought me back in and it was different. So right off the bat, initially, everybody was just like, whatever you say, you Bible thumper now, oh, now you believe in your, you know, your mom's religion. And it was really abrasive at first. But when I came back from San Diego, it was like, at that point it was two years clean. Nobody could say anything. I had been walking the walk in pursuit of, of Jesus and, um, when I got back in, it was got back into Phoenix. It was, it was different. Like at that point, I was like, okay, this dude's for real. You know, let's, you know, listen, obviously I was a young Christian then and a young dude. 
Um, I was very zealous without, <laughs> without grace in a lot of ways where I was, this is what the Bible says. You're wrong. You know, very, you know, black and white, which obviously is not the correct way because there was no grace, but right. you know, again, it's learning. So for me, it was learning in so many different layers, like, you know, how to be a Christian, but then how to like tell people about the Jesus that I met in a way that was gracious in a way that like, you know, portrayed who Christ was to them. So um, for me, that was rad. It was a, it was a crazy transition. And I mean, it was just in a crazy journey to even go think back on, you know, how far Christ has taken me um, from this strung out gutter kid that was raving all the time that should have died, you know, a million times over again before I was out of high school. You know, it was just, you know, Jesus is amazing, bro. Yeah. Yep. And now did you, have you seen like, or have you realized that your group of friends has gotten smaller since that? Oh, dude. So when I overdosed the first time and went into the hospital, I was like, part of the rave scene so long like i had to say hi to everybody the production companies the talent the people there it was like a half hour ordeal showing up to a party and then i went into the hospital overdose to fell off the map there was one person that came to visit me um in rehab dude when i was in rehab from that whole like five thousand people that i associated with on a weekly daily basis i mean so my sphere of people went right down to like nothing and you know really has taught me it's not the quantity of friends it's the quality and like right now dude we're my quality of friends is great my sphere of people is super small um and i keep it that way dude because you know that's even how jesus lived bro he took 12 and told those 12 to go make disciples right he was in community with a very small group of people and uh they turned the world upside down that way yeah i feel that I feel that. All right, man. So um, thanks for sharing that. Um, anyone who's listening, if you think that you're not able to pursue Jesus, then obviously you can. I mean, yeah, going from one extreme to the another to the next or whatever, however you want to phrase it, um, it's it's doable. So yep. if, if you, you know, want and, to. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Another thing, too, you know, I mean, it, a lot of people feel like they have to clean up their act in order to get into a church. And I mean, in the same way people who haven't trained jujitsu were like, well, I'm going to get in shape before I get on the mat. It's like, it's so just annoying. Not, it, yeah. It's like the most annoying phrase ever. It's like, no dude, in the process, you are going to get fit in the process yep. of coming to church. You're going to see, and you're going to hear it's like, you don't have to, and all this like self, you know, helps the self realization, this, um, this, this chaos, you know, of, 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 I have to do it myself. All it takes is a willing spirit to say, you know, here I am, Jesus, you do what you only, you can do in me. And it, you know, like you're saying, and it's anyone's game. If he's going to do it for me, he's going to do it for the next person. Cause he's not a respecter of persons, man. He's just, it's just a willing, a willing person saying, yo, here I am, Lord, send me, use me, change me. That's it. Yeah word word to the word <laughs> word word to the word yes sir yeah cool man all right so um that kind of run out of time for today because you got to head to work yes uh, sir if you want to you want to take us out in prayer yeah let's do it man uh jesus we just come before you lord what an honor and privilege it is to be counted a son and daughter of you 
Holy Spirit, we just surrender our lives to you. And those listeners, Lord, that are kind of on the fence, don't know where they're at, Lord, I just pray, Lord, you begin to knock on their heart, Father, that uh, um, you put in place the people, the places, the times, the things, Father, that only you can weave together, Lord, to, brought, to draw them closer to you. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Let this podcast meet uh, whoever's listening right where they're at, because it's not us, Lord. It's just two imperfect dudes pursuing you. And Lord, you're the perfect person. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, the guide, or the protector. Lord, we just surrender to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let us just be different uh, today than we were yesterday and be different tomorrow than we are today. Lord, transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, this is really important to us, and hopefully this helps you find your way. Um Thank you for listening. God bless.